Welcome to Just A Chat With, a video podcast series where we talk branding and creativity with the world's best in class. In this podcast, we hope to inspire creativity and bravery in you. This podcast is proudly brought to you in partnership with the One Club for Creativity and powered by Made Brave, a global strategic brand agency. We help brands find their brave. So hey guys, Andrew Doby here. Welcome to episode 25 of Just a Chat With. It's now officially season three. How did that happen? Uh, just a few quick updates before we get started though. We have a new intro, so we hope you like that. Let us know what you think. Um, we also have our first sponsor, which is really exciting. So welcome aboard the One Club for Creativity, which is the world's most foremost non-profit organization recognizing creative excellence in advertising design. If you remember back to episode 21, we actually had their CEO um, on the podcast, Kevin Swanepoel. So go and have a listen if you haven't checked that out already. You can also head to theoneclub.org if you want to learn more about them. If this is your first listen, though, um, as well as being a host here on the podcast, I'm also the CEO and founder of Made Brave, a global strategic brand agency and our team worked really hard in the background to pull all of these episodes together so I just want to give a big shout out to Keenan Erwin um, our brand manager and Ben Nielsen our designer who are working hard every month to pull and produce the show together for us. Um, now that we're on to season three though we had a little bit of a chat internally of like, why do we do this? Why have we got this show? Um, we've had some amazing guests, as I hope you'll agree. Um, and we've got some amazing, amazing guests coming up in season three. It's been really fun, um, but a little bit, I suppose, deeper than that. Um, I remember what it was like when I was younger, trying to find my way in my creative career. Um, and, you know, I suppose we want to use this as a platform to inspire creativity and kind of, and kind of help everyone who's listening to figure out your way forward um, in your on your creative journey. Um, so we've added this little line into the intro where we're saying that we're here to inspire creativity and bravery in you. And I suppose what, what we mean by that is um, that, you know, I want this show, I want this podcast to be something that inspires something in you to maybe try something, to maybe try something a little bit little bit more brave um, than, than you've done or add something positive to your life. I think the, the internet can be full of some negativity and I'm keen to balance it out with positivity. So this is my way of putting a little bit of positive energy back into the, the internet in the hope that it balances out somehow. But if it's, if it's you and the, the podcast has um, had some sort of positive impact on you, if it's helped you change something, a direction in your life, or just tweak something ever so much, we'd love to hear about it um so so please um please let us know if if something um positive has happened because of the show now at the end of season two we sat down with andy nairn who is the founding partner of lucky generals and um, which is uh, an agency with offices in london and new york um whose work i really really admire with nearly 30 years experience in the creative industry andy has been named as the uk's top brand strategist for the last two years in a row and one of the top five creative people in the world of advertising, according to Business Insider. And he also published his first book, um, Go Luck Yourself, um, which 
is currently on pre-orders. It might now be live um, now that when this has been published. Go and check check that out. Go Luck Yourself by Andy Nairn. Um, we had an amazing time with Andy, so go check that out if you haven't already. Before now, we had amazing people on the podcast, like founder of Fantasy Interactive, David Martin. We had Design Matters podcast host, Debbie Millman, and branding legend um, and author of the... The brand gap, I nearly forgot it there, sorry, Marty, uh, Marty Newmeyer, and many, many more. We've also had several very exciting people coming up, as I mentioned. Um, so, um, yeah, um, look out for the, the, the upcoming episodes and make sure you're subscribed. In this episode, though, today, I sat down with the wonderful Ashwin Chaco, um, who is an illustrator and designer based out of Dublin. Um Ashwin is a delight to talk to. He is full of positive energy and vibes. Um, so it was an absolute treat um, to sit down with him. And he is just uh, a lovely a lovely man who knows where he's headed in life and knows where his value is to bring to the world. So um, we have some, he has some great stories. He tells us of his childhood and uh, where his inspiration has come from and how he's found his style um, and his why and purpose in the world. So I hope you... Um, uh, enjoy the show. Thanks. So, hey everyone, and welcome to episode twenty-five of Just a Chat with. I'm Andrew Dobe. Today, I am very excited as we are here with none other than the amazing Ashwin Chaco, who is a multidisciplinary illustrator, designer, and hand letterer, and motivational speaker, living and working out of Dublin, Ireland. Working for 12 years now as a solo entrepreneur, Ashwin has worked with clients such as Facebook, Adobe, Nike, Puma, United Nations, and a whole host more. Ashwin specializes in positive visual storytelling, helping businesses to connect with their audiences through illustration, design for advertising campaigns, for products, packaging, editorials, even children's books and one-off commissions from all over the world. With a passion for uncovering the social interactions that drive culture, Ashwin captures these moments in bold lines and shapes, focusing on a strong use of characters intermingled with typography and patterns. Ashwin describes his work as positively playful, influenced by content, temporary culture rooted in his love for music, comics, tattoos, and street art. Ashwin also published several illustrative books, many of them for children, as I mentioned, one called Keep At It, which is full of inspiring quotes and insights that Ashwin himself wishes he had at the beginning of his journey. So if you're just starting out or even if you've been going for a long time, go check that out. And also, if you have kids, there are loads of other books um, and they're all brilliant. They're all on my wish list now. And I, you know, I'm going to be picking my way through them for my, my, my very own son over the next week while. Um, growing up in international boarding school, at the foothills of the Himalayas in India, Ashwin says this has had a huge influence on his work over the years. He now lives with his wife, who is Irish, which prompted him to move to Ireland, where they live with their three children. Ashwin, thanks so much for being here. Pleasure to have you. How are you? I'm great. 
Thanks. Uh, it's lovely to be here. Thanks for inviting me onto your podcast slash videocast. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's, a, it's a mix of both. So if you are listening, you can also watch this on YouTube or on Facebook or Instagram as well. Um, yeah, I, I, Ashwin, you've been, um, I've actually been very excited about you coming on. I've been really, since I found you and came across your Instagram, um, I've been really inspired because sometimes when I'm having a bad day, um, the bad day just seems to keep going. And then I, I jump onto Instagram and your face pops up and you boost some positive energy into my arm. So I, just, I first of all want to say thank you. Um, it's, it's really nice. I, I really like the, the kind of vibe of your, you know, what you're putting out into the world. Um, uh, you know, how, how are things with you just now in terms of work, in terms of the pandemic? How's that been affecting you? Um, so for a lot of people, the pandemic has been quite tough. Uh, but for me personally, I think it's, it's, it's been a revelation because at the start of the pandemic last year, uh, I just finished my residency with Facebook. Mm. And uh, so I had this moment where the whole world was paused. And that gave me the time to just sit down and consider, why do I do what I do? And what do I want to get out of it? You know, it's, it's, it's that, mm -hmm. that crux moment, the, the crossroads where you're like, I've been working on autopilot almost, you know? Yeah. And so like, what direction should I take things? And when I came to that space, I just, by taking that time to internalize what was going on within and to work out my goals and what I wanted to get out of my work, uh, I came to the conclusion that I wanted to talk about bringing joy and mm -hmm. uh, bringing positive uh, and encouraging things into the world. That's my end goal. That's my why. And so by combining who I am and my why or my voice, yeah. I created this new style or the style is the combination or the bridge between those two factors. And since I've done that, there's been this upkick of work that's turned up because I suppose everybody was in the similar place of, you know, everybody's tired of bad news. And finally, there's a little bit of positively popping into their space and so I suppose that worked into my favor uh, in that sense and I think overall with the industry shifting to a more remote way of working um, they've been a lot more open to work with people who don't work at their offices you know mm -hmm. freelancers and and solopreneurs yep. there's a the mindset has completely switched because now everybody's doing that so I think that's one positive thing that's come out of this this place um, yeah. of, of COVID. Yeah, well, that, that, that definitely comes across. And I'd like to dig a little bit deeper into that because I remember as a young creative, you know, you're trying to find your stamp in the world. You're trying to figure out, you kind of know you need to have a, a style or, you know, you need to have a thing. And I remember in my you know, early 20s going, I don't have a thing. How, do, how, what's my thing? And you, you're kind of trying to figure out your identity as a creative person. And, um, you know, mine came when I, when I finally, um, founded Made Brave. And I, I almost felt like, oh, well, I've got a vehicle now to kind of, you know, put my energy, my creative energy into and kind of bring that to the world. And, and like you, I, I, I very much enjoy putting positivity into the world and kind of using, 
I think, you know, if I could have my feed with only Ashwin, I would now have my feed with only Ashwin because, <laughs> those, you, you know, you bring those little bits of joy. And I think what's really nice, and you kind of, you touched on it there, is that you've not just found an illustrative style because some people could stop there and that illustrative style could go every, anywhere, you know. What you've done is you've, you've, you've married it up with, a, with an attitude, with a, with a way of life and, 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 and helping people see positivity and, and bringing joy. Could you talk a little bit more about how, you know, how you, how you first of all, well, how did you form the visual style? How did you settle on this positivity? And then, and then what, how, you know, kind of over what period has this kind of come together and, you know, feel, felt like that kind of aha moment? Right. Well, like most artists and illustrators, I've spent the last decade trying to find this ever elusive nebulous thing called yeah. style. Um, because I never understood why or, you know, how to quantify those facts. But this, this time of contemplation during COVID, what it allowed me to do is start to assess who I am. So who am I? outside of my work, because this is a really important point. You know, a lot of creatives tie themselves so tightly with their work and they see their value purely in their work. Whereas we need to see ourselves as individuals first and we are valuable. And then our work is just a byproduct of that value that we already have. Hmm. So when you start analyzing yourself in that way and uh, start looking at who you are and what is your identity, for myself personally, I am a Christian and I believe in Jesus Christ. And for me, that's what embodies my ability to be joyful because joy is not circumstantial. It's, sure. it's, it's, it comes bubbling out of you. It, it's, not, it's not like happiness. So happiness is like something happens, so I'm happy. Whereas joy can be a continuous way of life. Mm. And so when I had that realization, okay, that, that is the core of who I am and, and my identity and I'm secure in that fact, then I was like, okay, I, what, what better thing to do than to share that, you know? Joy bubbles out. It's <laughs> the, the, the voice comes forward. It, and for me, because I'm a visual artist, I'm like, okay, now how do I express that visually? Use mm, your language. This is yeah. my, yeah. Yeah. And so with this specific style, it's just an... Uh, Algamation of lots of different skills that I've already got, you know, like I've really enjoyed the process of screen printing. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why I started making more block shapes yep. with uh, my art because screen printing does better with solid forms and it can yep. be applied much easier. And then the colors, I think, were very subconscious for me. Because I come from India, which is very vibrant mm. and, and, and wild and chaotic, and it's full of colors, you know, mm -hmm. uh, coming to somewhere like Ireland, where it's primarily green and it's beautiful in that sense, but like it's missing all the yellows and oranges and reds that you find yeah. in India, I suppose. So it, I think it was not something I consciously thought about, but it, it, it was a way of bringing home into my work, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think there's there, there's a nice underlying message there as well that we we often talk about um, with our team that the best creative creativity comes from a sort of diverse look at the world in different ways and different experiences, and you know often you know you've managed to take that learning and that insight and that experience from India, and you've kind of you've also 
brought in, you know, your experience in Ireland and, you know, it's, it's, it's the mixing pot of all of these things, isn't it? It's not, it's not just, and, and I think often as a creative, you put yourself under pressure to, I've got to get to my style and I've, but sometimes it takes a while to, to, to find all the ingredients to the mixing pot. Um, yeah. And yeah, I suppose that this has now led you into, and we touched on it earlier, your, your kind of, um, your book we mentioned earlier. Can you tell us a little bit more about the books, how they came about, and 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 and, and yeah, just a, 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 a talk a little bit more about those. Sure. Uh, so the book "Keep At It" was the first one that I self-published in 2019, in Jan of 2019, mm-hmm. and it actually started off as a side project, as a typography side project for myself. Mm-hmm. I was really interested in learning more about typography and well hand lettering Mm -hmm. more than pure typography and i wanted to explore that talent so i gave myself a 30-day challenge where every day i would create one typographical quote that would go Mm -hmm. onto my instagram feed and through that process as i picked the quotes again unconsciously and as i finished the project what i realized was most of the quotes had to do with my own interaction with uh, the creative world and the, the learnings I've had um, through that process as a freelance creative, as a solo solopreneur. Uh, and when I structured all those, those uh, illustrative quotes that I've done and put a little writing beside it, I, mm-hmm. I thought it made for a good journey for any young creative to learn uh, these are things that I need to think about before I make that jump to freelance, you know, mm. because you have to consider quite a few things. You're, you're no longer dependent on the salary. You have to think about saving up. You have to think about the fact that you're now a business technically. So you're marketing, you're accountant, you're like all these different roles in one. Yeah. Uh, whereas for us, most artists, we just think of ourselves as artists and, and, uh, the business side is not there. And mm. so this was a way for me to just put a little bit of that so they begin to start reflecting about it. Yeah. There's also just a way to encourage people along their journey because I think often as we're going through this process and there's nothing happening, you just want to give up because uh, it feels like it's going nowhere. So yeah. just having somebody say, no, you're doing a good job. Keep at it. You know, and that's where the title came from. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, really, I really, really love it. And um, well, I suppose then touching on, um, you know, kind of lessons you've learned, you know, going freelance. Can you talk a little bit through that journey of kind of what made you decide to do that and kind of what it looked like and what maybe some of the lessons you've learned, good or bad? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I actually started freelancing um, in my first uh, year of uni. So I was studying animation and multimedia. And actually, maybe it was the second year. It was the year 2019, and I started uh, freelancing straight away. Um, I got these small jobs to do illustrative work, mm-hmm. uh, some posters here and there. And I liked the the fact that I could make a little bit on the side. And so that's just something that continued for me throughout my career. Whenever, even when I joined studios, it was a way for me to choose the projects I wanted to work on. 
versus having to, you know, work with client work, which sometimes wasn't very creative, let's say. Uh, and so this was a way to actually just hone in on like what I enjoyed doing and, and pick the projects that uh, were good for me. When I came to Ireland, uh, I initially joined a studio mm-hmm. and I was working as an art director. After my period there, um, I, I was looking for work and I couldn't find a studio where, uh, which was open. I think also Ireland, like India, it very much works on a reference basis. You know, being a new person turning up in a new city, uh, it's hard to get in the door unless people start to know you. Sure. And so I think at that stage, my only option was to freelance. And once I did, I, I started uh, meeting lots of people and started building that traction over time. So some of the lessons I've learned is to to be clear about your vision, start with vision first, you know, yeah. because if you understand your vi- your why, it will clarify your journey even when things get tough. Whereas yeah. if you don't have a why, uh, what happens is when, as soon as there's something rough or like chaotic, the tendency is, okay, let's just quit. You know, I can just get mm. a job at whatever retail store there is. I'm sure McDonald's is hiring uh, and I'll get by. But, but you know, like that, that comes at a cost. Yeah. The cost of time, of creativity, it slowly runs you down. And if anything, COVID has taught us that, you know, the safe job isn't really safe. The amount of people who went through a space where they lost their jobs because suddenly, you know, their their so-called safe job that they worked that was no longer viable. Yeah. Whereas a freelancer, you have dips, you have, um, you have ups and downs throughout the year. You might have one month of feast and then there's famine the next two months. Mm-hmm. So you're always having contingency, contingency plans, you know? There's yeah. a little nest egg put away for this in case this happens. And yeah. then the other thing is always have multiple streams of income. One, one client's not working, okay, I've got that guy, I've got this product that I'm selling, and I'm doing multiple things in order to maintain a steady stream of income. Yeah. I, I, and I suppose for someone listening who says, well, how do I find my why? How do I find my purpose? Have you got any tips or, or help with that? Um, do I have any tips? Uh, uh, while you're thinking, there's, there's a great book for, for those who don't know. If, you've, if you don't follow Simon Sinek, he has Find Your Why, which is a, which is a great book. And we often, you know, we, we, we made brave. We also believe in kind of purpose and, and finding that kind of authentic truth that kind of is your guiding light, if you like. But yeah, I suppose I'm just interested to kind of how, how you unearth that, how you, you know, if, you, if there's any pearls of wisdom from you, Ashwin. I suppose a, a good way to start is, uh, you know, listing, creating lists is a great way to do that. Mm. So one circle is the things that you're good at. So what are your skills? Mm. Next circle is what is your personality like? So what are you known for? Mm. What do you think about yourself? Um, and then next circle is maybe what are you passionate about? 
and make another circle that is about what you think can earn you money. And I suppose the intersection of all of those will create your why. Mm. So it's your personality mixed with your purpose, mixed with your passion. Uh, and then there was one more impacting what impact do you want to make on the world? And, and when you hone all of these together into that central point, that's, that's what, where you'll find your why. And I suppose it, it's really handy to do this with somebody you trust, mm. but not necessarily a family member because they might be too close to the situation, just like you. The yeah. tendency is uh, when we're looking at ourselves, often we don't see our own superpowers because uh, we're like, ah, everybody can do that, you know, but it, it takes an outside perspective to see actually that's something very special about you. Only you can bring that unique perspective to this position. And if you can do that with someone who knows how to actively listen and, and pick up those points, they'll help you hone in that, that process. Yeah. I love that. I like, I like the, you know, you can't see your own superpower. You need someone else to point at the magic, don't you? And yeah. I think we sometimes feel that you've got to be the loudest person in the room or the biggest person, but it's not often that sometimes it's the quietest person and the, and the combination of that quiet and the the, the skill set or the, something else that you bring to the world it's not it's not always the obvious and sometimes we can't see those things in ourselves. i think that's yeah that's lovely um now, the, the, going back a little bit in time ash when you, you you grew up in an international boarding school um and you've mentioned that this kind of influenced your work quite a lot can you can you can you tell us a little bit more about that yeah so when i was nine years old i went to an international boarding school called woodstock um, and I was there till I graduated. My parents are actually missionary doctors, or my dad's a missionary doctor, and so we moved along, moved around a lot when I was younger, mm. uh, until I was about five or six. And then at the age of nine, I went to Woodstock. So the cool thing about Woodstock is it's a little melting pot. It was originally started for missionaries um, by the British while mm -hmm. they ruled India. And uh, Woodstock was the remnant, one of the, those remnants that was left behind. Mm -hmm. And obviously there was a lot of missionaries there still. So the nice thing about Woodstock is because it's a melting pot, there was like about 50 different nationalities in my class alone. Wow. Um, and it, it basically, I grew up as a third culture kid because there was a very specific culture within Woodstock that encouraged you know, learning these different cultures and incorporating mm. little bits and pieces. And so you have a much more global mindset about you. You're much more accepting to different cultures because you have to live mm. with them. You know, you're, yeah. you're in a room with four or five different people from various backgrounds. So you learn, uh, you learn empathy, you learn yeah. how to collaborate, you learn how to relate, you know, uh, mm. find those common find that common ground and I suppose for me personally that's affected my work because now wherever I go I can I know how to find that common ground yeah and though I might not feel like I'm a complete like I'm completely part of any culture mm. I can still blend in with any culture yeah 
Yeah, I think that's that's a it's really really powerful and, and and a great thing to have from such a young age, isn't it? To kind of that that acceptance of everyone, no matter where they've come from, and that understanding and empathy, um, and being able to see multi sides of of a coin, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah, um, yeah and I think you know there, we mentioned it earlier, but there's there's definitely something that comes creativity creativity comes um, in a much stronger way when we have a mixing pot of minds um, of, of experience of ages of everything um and i think that yeah it certainly comes across uh, in your work um, and i love that now i have a couple of questions some from some of our design team who are, are are they're all fanboying and fangirling over your work um so they're very excited to have you on today um so first question here is from emma stewart who's one of our designers and she asks um if you've created any murals um from your work so I did one or two small ones when I was in India, but that's something I would really love to do. So anybody who's looking for a mural, hit me up. There we go. There we go. Um, so anyone listening? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I would love to. I think my work would be very conducive to that format or even working with somebody who is a muralist to, to bring that vision to life. Mm, well, we have we have plenty of um, spare walls in the Maidbrave studio, so we could maybe we could maybe hook up a conversation up later on. Um, she also asks, um, whose style do you admire? Do you take your influence from anyone, or you know, is there anyone that you just you know you, you you're a huge fan of? Yeah, I I I take my inspiration from lots of different sources, but I suppose I really love the work of Steve Harrington. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you you're aware of him. But like, no, no, no. Uh, his he's uh, he he also has a graphic background. He he runs a studio, but he's also a prolific artist. He's very much known in the hype beast circles. He's done collaborations with Nike and and the likes. But he has this character called Mellow that goes across all his work. Um, and I suppose to me, he showed me that that consistency. It's it's almost like his artwork is a brand and I I learned from that mm. prospect. Mm, fantastic. Well, this next question um, is from Jade McFarlane, who's our UX lead made brave. And she asks, or she says that on your YouTube channel, um, you have to cover a lot of subjects that many creatives and introverts struggle with, such as creative confidence, ways to stay motivated, how to find your style. Um, which of these videos do you really wish your 20 year old self would have seen? Um, we assume them all, um, that, that, that all of them, they would like to see all of them. But in particular, is there any that you would like to have given as a, as a gift to yourself um, in, your, in your early years? I suppose creative confidence would have been one of them. You know, I grew up quite an introverted child. I struggled to relate to other people. And that's why I dived into books and mm -hmm. um, art and uh, as a way to express myself. I think I've become very comfortable with the with myself now and that's what comes across but that was a process of learning and and growing and pushing myself to be be brave as it were um <laughs> like my it. my teachers encouraged me to uh take part in drama and mm. so i did acting in school and and that helps you know because sometimes you're personifying a character right so mm. you can become the character so the character's confidence then you exude confidence as well and then if you do that enough um it becomes a reality because what you believe about yourself is what the outcome 
of your behavior, what you say, and what you do. Yeah, I love so that. So it really comes comes down to belief. Yeah, no, I love that, Ashwin. Um, another question from Jade was your book, What Wondrous Shapes We Are, um, being inspired and a very personal to your wife, Becky, with her experience of anorexia and bulimia and your own experience with race. Um, normalizing body positivity in such a brave way, um, that book, you know, and being able to work on such a, I suppose, a personal project must have been really amazing and cathartic in a sense to work on together. Um, uh, Jay's question is, do you have any future plans to work on any projects together um, much like this? Is there anything else that you're working on together? Yeah, so what Becky's done so kindly for me is she's uh, she started to bring those characters from the book to life. So ah, fantastic! Those for those who for those who are not watching and who's are listening, uh, do you want to describe what you have in your hands, Ashwin? So I have some of the the characters from the book. So this is Sunny. Uh, they're they're plush toy characters, mm -hmm. I suppose. That's what you'd call them. Uh, there's Sir Sir Love a lot. That's what I want to call him, Sir Love a lot, <laughs> and. Uh, this was going to be the Patrick's edition. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But uh, yeah, we're still working out the kinks on how best to release it and all of that. Yeah. Okay. And and if if, if you know anyone's looking for these books, where where can they find them? I mean, we can of course pop the links below. Um, but you know, do you want to give a shout out to where we can where we can uh, find your your books, your prints, your merchandise? Yeah, uh, just head over to wackochaco.com and uh, you'll find it in my store. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic. So, so, yeah, um, how, how early in your career did you start to kind of experiment with animation? Um, you, know, did, did, you know, does that change the way you now approach your illustration or ideas? Or, you know, kind of what came first? So I actually studied animation and multimedia Mm. in university i i thought that was the direction i was going to go but when i actually studied animation i found the process a bit tedious um i was always more interested in the idea or the story more than the actual output so mm. you know having to draw like 100 drawings just for a minute or less uh or a few seconds actually um, did not sound appealing to me unless I could get into the pre-production side where I yeah. could actually help create the characters, help, you know, write the story. And that would have been much more interesting to me. And so from there, I went into comic books and I, I created a whole bunch of comic books during my, um, my degree. That, those were all my final projects. Hmm. And I suppose from there, it went into graphic design because... Um, in India, there isn't really, illustration isn't seen as a job. It's a hobby at most. And I think there's a lack of understanding of what an illustrator really does and the value that they bring to any project that they're approached. Often, the only way to get it in is if you're a graphic designer who does illustration and you just sneak it into the work that you're doing. Uh, so... Yeah, graphic design was the way for me to to move forward and be able to continue to do creative work. And of course, the the timelines are much shorter versus an animation production, which could go on for a couple of years. You know, 
So you could do a project and then you move on to the next project and the next project. Yeah. So I no, like that, that process. That makes sense. That makes sense. Now, there's a, there's a new question we are popping into these um, these podcasts, and um, it's what is the bravest thing that you have ever done? And I'm just wondering if you have, if there's something that comes to mind for you in terms of the bravest thing you've ever done to inspire our listeners. I suppose uh, I might have already answered that with uh, facing my my inner self, my inner Mm. introvert and overcoming that fact you know uh i'm still not comfortable in large crowds but it's teaching yourself you know these are all limitations that are within your head and if you learn to see past them and if you put your mind to anything you can achieve it it takes time and it takes dedication and it takes uh, the ability to look at your fear in the face and say no I will not succumb to this. Hmm. No, that's fantastic. Fantastic. Um, and yeah, I, I suppose now, you know, as I mentioned, we have a lot of younger creatives who, who listen to the show. And yeah, is there, is there any kind of sort of leaving thoughts for, for, for them? Um, it's obviously a challenging world right now to, to find your way into work, um, especially if you're trying to figure out who you are and, you know, your style and everything else. Is there anything that you can kind of pass down in terms of, um, you know, just just some focus on kind of what you wish you had known um, when when you got really started early. Yeah. So I suppose when I got started, the big thing is you want to do everything and anything, right? As a creative, that that's the draw, you know. Because like, if I just do one thing, if I'm just known for this one specific area, then I'm boxed out, and I won't. I'll get bored of what I'm doing. But what I would really encourage creatives, young creatives to do is to look for that niche, you know, look for that specific area that you want to get, um, become an expert, you know, Mm. Uh, that's not to say you can't generalize behind that, learn all those skills, but be known for one thing. What that will do is it'll open a lot more doors for you. It'll position you uh, in a place where your value is a lot higher versus somebody who does a little bit of everything. And I can promise you this, even though it feels like a box, once you go in through that corridor, choose that door, that niche you want to go into, there's an endless amount of doors within that area. Yeah. Yeah. Each small niche is big enough now, isn't it? That's yeah. Yeah. And so Ashwin, what's next for you? What what can we expect? Um, What's coming next in the next year or so? So, Right after I finished What Wonder Shapes, I, I've been working on the next book, which is um, Everybody Has Fear. And mm-hmm. I wanted to uh, address that um, that fact, you know, with COVID. Um, a lot of our kids are in this space where they might feel fear. But when we as adults are in that space as well, mm-hmm. or in this environment, maybe we're not so aware of that. And we don't know how to express it to our kids and our kids don't know how to express that fact to us. And so I wrote this book, uh, Everybody Has Fear, and it's a fun, uh, quirky little book that'll open up space for that conversation, you know? Mm. Uh, So it touches on these different funny fears, you know, like um, uh, I can't think of the top of my head, 
but like being afraid of honey and and dairy <laughs> that's a real fear apparently so like uh, there's all these like quirky little fears that you could look at and and I've put them out in the book I'm currently looking at trying to get it published by an actual publisher so mm. I'm looking around but if that doesn't pan out I'll be self publishing it like the first book yeah there there's all sorts of strange little fears out there i've got i've got a friend that's that's scared of buttons on a shirt you know so he, he everywhere he goes he wears zips and he he said to me one day he said andrew no i'm really 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 scared of buttons and he's like i don't have no idea where it came from he said the worst thing would be if there was a button on the worktop in some spilt milk <laughs> that is his ultimate fear and uh yeah it's, uh, it's, i think it's funny isn't it how how the human mind works and where we, where these things come from mm. i'm very very scared of spiders so uh i'm not a fan of spiders so and um, we, we definitely all have um fears but ashwin i just want to thank you so much um it's been a real delight to chat to you it's been a real delight to come across you in my life um and i would encourage anyone who has not followed ashwin to go and find him um on instagram ashwin what's your handle just do you want to spell it out so everyone can find you yeah it's at wacko chaco w h a c k o c h a c k o Great. So, um, yeah, make sure and follow Ashwin. And um, we'll pop links down um, in the comments below when we publish the video to um, some of his work and where you can support Ashwin and buy some of his lovely books. As I mentioned earlier, they are all on my wish list. So I will be working my way through them as he writes and publishes them. Uh, Ashwin, thank you so much. Keep bringing the joy to the world. Keep putting positivity into the internet because there's a lot of negativity out there. And um, I really praise you for what you're what you're bringing to the world so thanks so much and uh, we'll see you all next time hey everyone andrew here and thanks so much for listening as we said at the start we hope to inspire creativity and bravery in you so if this podcast has helped you in any way or if it's inspired you to do something brave we want to hear about it drop us an email at hello at justachatwith.com and who knows maybe we'll feature you on a future episode if you want to support the podcast, please rate, subscribe and write us a review and help us get the word out. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.